turn to say the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 31 of <laughs> the talk show, hosted by none other than Scott Sullivan, based out of Austin, Texas, now home to that guy we won't speak of. Co-host and underdog, Adam St. Jamal! Oh, hell yeah, that's right. You're gonna, you're, you are listening to the talk show. I am your host, Scott. That was our incredible co-host, Adam St. Germain, coming to you from the great city of North Ferris Wheel, Vermont. Welcome to the Ferris Wheel. <laughs> Here we are. And you, sir, just, I think, inadvertently got the closest anyone's ever been to naming the right number of the episode that we're in. Yeah, aside from episode one, uh, I, I believe you're correct, actually. Yeah. I think this is episode, in real time, I think this is the 30th reco- episode record that we've done. I, our numbering system is much more confusing than that. So I don't it's, know what... You know, we'll it's, no, it it's not that... Listen, listen. <laughs> it's not that it's confusing, okay? <laughs> it's highly sophisticated that's right that's right we here at the talk show we believe in uh data we like data a lot highly sophisticated yes yes sir algorithms things like that it's algorithmic in nature (laughs) yes it is so i did not this is an episode where i did not send adam the note that says what we're going to talk about but i have it here and i think what we need to do first and foremost is wrap up our last challenge, which is now way in the in the rearview mirror, but do you remember a month called August, Adam St. Germain? You know, I've heard of, I've heard of this month, and I I think I lived it. Yes, I think I'm we pretty all, sure. I think we all may have done that not too long ago. Now, what did you do? What did this silly show attempt to do, or what did we do in the month of August? Tell the people. Yeah, the the goal right was to uh, run. A minimum. There was two goals. Goal number one: run a minimum of two miles every single day for the month of August, zero exceptions. And the secondary goal was to increase running mileage to 100 miles in the month of August. Damn. So we call we we called it affectionately 100 in August 2020. <laughs> That's right. Hashtag 100 in August 2020. There were some other yes, people uh, on that uh, hashtag posting as well, uh, besides the two of us, I believe. Yeah, a few. There were a few. This is true. A few this brave and probably foolish <laughs> people. But we, hey, you know, people got to do what they're going to do. It's all good. <laughs> love to all those people for sure. Um, okay. So I, I believe that between the two of us, we did do 200 miles in August. However, <laughs> it was not proportionally <laughs> dispersed amongst the two of us. Wasn't what, necessarily spread out correctly. What was your What was your final tally? Was it like one thirty? I'm actually yeah. No, no, I'm trying to look that up right now because um, there. So because it was a rather large increase in volume over July, oh, yeah. uh, I ended up late in the month. And it did include a day where I ran 31 miles. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> late late in the month, I developed a little bit of runner's knee just from a bit of overuse, nothing too serious. And um, so I walked. 
some days. Yeah. Just to precautionarily. That's, uh, I think so that's I didn't, fair. I didn't count the, I didn't count those miles in my tally. Okay. I counted them as like, as like checking the box. Like, Hey man, I got, I, oh, I did my miles. I got my thing done, but I didn't count them towards the 100, um, the 100, uh, mark, but you, you talk and I'll tell you how many I ended up with here. In a second. All right, I'm going to vamp for a second while Adam's looking up his mileage. I know that I did 78 miles. I think I'm shaving off a half mile or something, but, uh, did not reach the full 100 did do 78 miles in August was almost a hundred degrees every day here was a accomplishment of some form. <clears throat> Little disappointing. Didn't get to the hundred, never really figured out the time management with my work days. Um, and did also get bit by a junkyard dog as mentioned on a previous episode, <laughs> which resulted in <laughs> some painful injections of rabies vaccine it was really frankly just fucked up. <clears throat> but got me motivated towards setting uh, more goals for the upcoming months, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Adam, do you have your mileage? I'm dumb. I'm close. I'm closing in. I'm closing in. As of right now. He's furious, uh, furiously looking up his, the problem he's coming into now is that he has too many posts on shore. There's <laughs> too many. Yeah, there's there's, there's, too, there's the too many. There's too many. I had some decent runs in here. I had some nice five milers and four milers. And speed, um, I feel like you, you you had some days where you were running fast, which um, I had I had some peppy days. Yeah, most of them hovered around the the eight minute per mile mark was kind of my my average. That's a good. Uh, that's that's like a good my solid pace. But I saw yeah, some like nice, I saw like some sub eight pace. minute miles that you were doing. You you had you had a couple of really pretty quick. I miles. did have a cu- couple spicy ones. Yeah, I had a couple spicy <laughs> ones. <laughs> where in you, there. You were just feeling spicy that day. <laughs> I did. There was a day where I did a workout um, that included three miles of running, and the and the last mile was um, uh, was under six. Was very fast. Now, was that because you just felt so good, or had you fucked up and you needed to be home ten minutes ago? (laughs) No, I just, I just, I felt good. So the workout was, um, it's called the triple three, and you you um, you do three hundred double unders with the jump rope. Uh, yeah, three hundred double under the jump rope, three thousand meters on the rowing on the row the rower, mm-hmm. and then you run three miles. I'm gonna ask a really and stupid question because I didn't jump rope much growing up. <laughs> Me either. Double unders is just you. You have to, while you're in the air, you have to put the jump rope under your feet twice. Is it that simple, or am I misunderstanding? Yeah, that is no, that is exactly right. Okay. That is it goes un, it goes under your feet twice. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> so you gotta be, I guess you gotta have a pretty good pace going for that to work. I would think. Yeah. You, you gotta, um, you gotta have a pretty good pace. You gotta jump high enough and you gotta, you gotta flick your wrist fast enough. It's all about the wrist flick. <laughs> the, the old wrist flick. Okay. It is. It's not, yeah. It's not, it's not in the shoulders or the arms. It's just, it's just in the wrists. Mm. Okay. Or it should be anyway. I mean, that's the ideal way to do it. Fantastic! So. What is your mileage, sir? Are we going to get to this or what? We're close. We're close. <laughs> as of as there. of <laughs> no, as of August twenty fourth, I I was at one hundred six point oh nine. One hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think you and made it to one twenty four, one twenty five. If I if I remember, I think I, w- I want to say it was something like that. Yeah. So it looks like uh, yeah. Okay. So as of the twenty fourth, running one hundred six point oh nine, but I had. 
one, two, three, four. Uh, looks like five days where I walked. So that would have been like, and I'm sure I walked two miles. I'm sure I didn't go any further. So probably about one sixteen. Yeah. So we didn't quite make two hundred together, but almost. Almost. <laughs> pretty. Yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close. A little bit shy. A little bit shy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this month, the goal, right, is actually the mileage goal for the month is even higher. Yeah. Um, and it'll be, if I get all the miles in that I'm planning, it'll be 140 this month. Now, are you concerned at, at all about a use injury related to the increase? Or it actually isn't statistically as much a jump this time as it was when you went from July to August, most likely. Yeah, I kind of feel like, yeah, right? Mathematically, it's it's lower. Um and I think the difference is too, like all that running that I did or the a large majority of it anyway, in August was all on the road and the road running, as you know, is very linear. Mm. And so that's, that's what creates the overuse is just like the, the constant repetition of a single motion. Sure. Um, so far this month, all of the, not all, but the large majority of the running I've been doing is on trail <clears throat> and very technical trail at that. So, um, Gives you a chance to move a different way and, and move it all sorts of way. Usually now when I finish running, my, my hips are tired <laughs> it's, it's a from little, jumping side to side. So yeah, it's a little different um, type of feeling I would imagine. And you're doing most of this running on the long trail. Is that true? Yeah. The majority of it that I've been doing is all on the, on Vermont's long trail, which is highly, highly technical. Um, and it's not very fast. I'll tell you like the fastest miles I'm putting down on the long trail. I think the fastest one I've done is like 13 minutes. So how is that going to limit you on your attempt day in terms of time? Uh, just not the ability to do the distance, but sort of just the logistics of how long it will take to do the distance at that speed. Yes. That'll be the, that'll be the bigger challenge is like just being able to carry enough food. Yeah. And, and hoping that my, um, that my headlamp doesn't run out of batteries for the listener who may not, uh, I can't imagine there's a listener who didn't hear last episode, but would be listening to this episode. But at any rate, if you, you never know, if you, you never, know. if you exist person, it, it would be helpful to know that Adam did do a DIY ultra during the month of August. And what that involved was five mile ish loops repeated to about 31 miles for what would be considered uh, what is that? 30, what are we saying? 50 K 50 K. Yeah. 50K. 31 miles, 50 K. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why that conversion always hurts my head, but, uh, uh, that was done on using a loop system in a different location. Now for this next attempt, are you actually planning an out and back? Or are you using a loop type situation again? No, I even, even more exciting than that, um, is it is a point to point is a point to point, not even a loop that is creates some interesting challenges for, uh, the logistics. Cause you had yourself an aid station for the previous DIY ultra, uh, that you set up for yourself. And yeah. Which five mile I, loops. That's pretty reasonable pay, you know, intervals to get a break. Yeah. And the loops were taking like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Um, when I was doing that. So it's like a really nice, I didn't really need to carry anything with me. Like I just kind of ran with my, you know, hat and shorts. Of course, I did not have a shirt on for most of it yeah, because, fuck you know, <laughs> fuck shirts. You don't need no shirts. Um, we need to so make a t-shirt that says fuck shirts. That's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of de delightfully confusing. 
Um, uh, that's a good idea, actually. Um, so yeah, so I, I did occasionally carry like a handheld water bottle with me on that, but otherwise, I didn't. I didn't carry anything. I just kind of, I just ran and then I'd come back and get water and snacks, whatever. So this is very different. Very different. And that I'll I'll need to carry all my food. The long trail is great. It, there's a there's a number of huts uh, or cabins and shelters like along the long trail, and they're all pretty reasonably spaced out from like you know, say six miles, maybe to like 10 miles, but there's water like almost constantly. Like you can refill water just about anywhere. Like um, it, clean water or do you have to do something to the water? You want to treat it. Yeah. So, um, it's honestly, it's, it's probably clean enough to drink just as is. I mean, it's just mountain glade, you know, snow melt runoff water or rain runoff water. Yep. So it's odds are it's probably okay. Um, if push came to shove, I would just drink it. But uh, trying to be a responsible individual, I will treat it um, before I drink it. So I have a little, I have a UV light uh, water purifier. Very fancy. Yeah, which is which is super duper tiny and lightweight, and it takes about thirty, uh, yeah, thirty seconds for five hundred for half a liter. You know, which is like um, sixteen ounces of water. Pretty solid. And you just. Yeah, so it's quick. So you just like, you know, you fill up your bottle, you treat it, put the cap on, fill up your other bottle, treat it, put the cap on. So how so. much weight are we carrying? Like, I know it's a ways to trail day, but you've been doing recon. You're kind of planning this thing out. You're a planner. You like to plan. Makes That links to a topic I want to talk about in a bit. But um, as far as the planning goes, what are you are you going to have a pack on during this whole thing for the food, I assume? Yeah, so I, ha- I had an ultralight um, pack from a company called Innovate, I-N-O-V, the number eight. Um, and I had trimmed it down. I cut all the straps off. I cut off the extra shit that I didn't like on the pack and the pack weighed, (laughs) the pack itself weighed 4.1 ounces, which is absurd. That is totally absurd. Really light. Um, turns out, so I've been testing it, you know, I've been testing these things to make sure I'm like totally prepared on the day. And that pack was not up to the task for the amount of stuff I need to carry. Just won't fit or it feels like it's not going to be stable as you're running it'll it'll break it's not it's not up to yeah. the task of carrying <laughs> yeah it's just like the load capacity isn't there no disrespect so, to the company sorry we did drop your name in there but uh, well shit's no, real son the, shit's real to, to that point actually i purchased another pack from that same company um and i think the pack weighs nine ounces Okay. out of the box i'm gonna trim again i'll trim some shit off of it and we'll probably get it down to maybe eight or seven and a half ounces for the pack um but it's more of a vest so if you've seen like the running vests where there's water and pockets on the front and mm-hmm. then there's also the storage on the back and the sides which is actually good it distributes the weight more evenly um it rides up higher on your on your back so it gives your back more breathability which is good Anyway, all that said, the kit, what I'm going to call the dry kit, which is like the bottles, emergency gear, extra layers, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. is going to weigh around four pounds. Gotcha. So and then, that's, not, that's not unreasonable, but, you know, again, we're talking about a fair amount of distance <laughs> that, that will be uh, traversed with that weight. So, and water weight too. Once you add in the water, that'll be something. Well, yeah. So water is like the biggest thing, right? Like, um, it's good. It's, I was just Googling how much, a uh, 
how many pounds is a liter of water? So a liter of water is 2.2 2 pounds. Yep. <laughs> I knew that answer already. <laughs> oh, okay. So my plan to start is to have um, 2.5 liters of water. And two of those liters will be straight water. The other half a liter is going to be um, drink mix. I was hoping you were going to say like gin or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so what's that? So that's going to get me to two. That's two and a half. So that's like another five and a half pounds. So now we're up to nine pounds. And then you're going to add food on top of that. So all in, I think to start. What are you think, 10 the, pounds? Yeah, the pack's going to weigh like 10 to 12 pounds. That's not nothing. How, what, no, how much does Adam St. Germain weigh? Let's think about it as a percentage of, of your of your overall. Oh, Adam's Adam Saint Germain weighs about 165 pounds. Yeah, Adam Saint Germain is not as small as Adam Saint Germain used to be. This CrossFit thing <laughs> put some LBs on my boy. Um. Yeah. So what is that? That's that's uh. That's point at seven percent. That's not bad. So that's not bad. So what reasonable. I've been, what I've been researching <clears throat> for anyone that's that's paid attention or listened or or knows me, you know that I am not an ultra runner. I have no history in ultra running. <laughs> I don't actually know quite what I'm doing. I have plenty of ideas of what I think I should do. Um, <laughs> That's the most and, fun part about this is you're not doing it at an event. You're not supported. This is all just something you came up with. And so there's a certain amount of, I don't know, we're just making the shit up as we go, right? Yeah. And I, so I was listening to a book, uh, I was listening to that David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me, and there's this there's this point where he was he was a Navy SEAL and so he was going through buds training, which is supposed to be it's not supposed to be. It is extremely challenging. Most people don't finish it. It's um, and they serious get, business. Yeah, they get they get kicked out of the program. Those that do finish it can move on. Anyway, there's there's all these reports that say like, yeah, come Wednesday of Hell Week, you're gonna be tired. And Goggins had this point. He's like, why are you going to read that and believe it? He's like, that's not your Wednesday. You don't know how you're going to feel on Wednesday. Yeah. Just because you read it, like you're going to think that you're going to be tired on Wednesday. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, oh, this is a good point. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be tired. I might be. Maybe. maybe you know, maybe. It depends on what, not everyone's showing up with the same tools in the toolbox. Even, yeah, even so those my, elite guys, they're not all the same. Right. 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 So, so my approach has been like, I'm trying to, you know, research to make sure I'm safe and prepared and then I'll just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know? the, I'm reading here, the long trail in Vermont is, I guess listed here as 273 miles long. Um, <clears throat> it looks like it runs uh, pretty much North South like trajectory across the state. It runs the length of the state. Yeah, the very bottom of it, it shares uh, – the trail is shared with the Appalachian Trail. Okay, because it's not runs... marked. Yeah, I don't think all of it on this quick Google image is marked. But at any rate, it, what section of this are you planning to run? Yeah, so I am planning to run the – so if, if we take a step back, the Long Trail has a, what's considered a north part and a south part. And the northern part is considered – much more difficult it's much more technical it's steeper it's rocky um it includes four 
of the five 4,000 footer mountains in, um, in the state of Vermont. Nice. <laughs> in all in this one, all in this one section. So, uh, I'm running a section, which is very much in the Northern part. And it will include three of the four, 4,000 footers. So it is, <laughs> So you didn't pick an easy section of the trail. No, I, I picked, I, so I, when I had originally mapped it out, I had picked this one section, which I think would have been like the absolute hardest section to do 50 miles on. Um, and then I came back one step. (laughs) (laughs) You talked yourself a little bit down from, yeah, what I was doing is I was reading about the, the, the hikers that have done the fastest known times on the long trail. And they covered in the section that I'm running, they cover from 35 to 38 miles on that day when they do it. And so I was like, okay, well I'm going to, I'm going to up the ante on that a little bit. Okay. (laughs) So that's the, that's the plan. So there's contained within the 50 miles that I'm going to run. Um, there's a fastest known time, which goes from Duxbury Road, which is the lowest point uh, of the long trail. <clears throat> this is one of the, this is also like a really neat part. It's the lowest point. And then I'm going to go up to like one of the highest points, not the highest point. But um, so it's the longest climb on the long trail, longest continuous climb. That's the start of the run. But anyway, they have. <laughs> Wait, so you're they starting have, on the longest continuous climb. That's, yes. That's where you're starting. That's the warm up. Yeah. Just get it going. Get the heart rate up. Just feel get good. it there. You know, <laughs> it takes. So I actually, I, I ran it the other day. I pre-ran it or, or I hiked it the other day because I was doing an overnight backpacking. So I, I had quickly hiked it and it takes two hours and, and 15 minutes at full speed ahead. Wow. That's to something. get from the bottom, the bottom to the top. Um, <laughs> but it's, so there's an established fastest known time from that low point to 31 miles later at Lincoln Gap. So I'm going to attempt, within my 50-mile run, I'm going to attempt to lower that fastest known time and then continue another 19 miles after it. <laughs> I love it. This is great. So we have, we, have, we have a goal within the goal. Yeah. And so this all builds to something that you are a part of. I don't know if you remember, 15 years ago, which sounds crazy, but 15 years ago, uh-huh. plus, plus or minus a year or two, uh, at a little place, rest in peace, called the Red Fez. Ah, yes. <laughs> where uh, our friend Hoshaya had returned from hiking the Appalachian Trail, and me, being the shit talker that I am, <laughs> what did said, you <laughs> said that I could break the long trail fastest known time for end to end. Okay. Now at, at the time, I just want to be clear <laughs> at the, at the time, 15 years ago, the record was only like six days and 15 hours. Right. It has since, it has since been lowered significantly. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I'm not surprised by that, particularly, you know, with the Strava and all these things where people like kind of, you know, one up each well, other. Well, what's been happening actually, which is which is really interesting, 2020 has been the year of the fastest known time attempt on trails all across the world because there's no race events. There's nothing so all, else to do. It's the thing right, to do so, right now. So all these people that are like really fit or really, 
you know, competitive or whatever, they're, they're seeking out a trail that they think that they can do it on. And, th- and there's been some like smashing fast times because these are people that would, that would maybe normally be racing an event or so on and so yeah. forth. So, you know, they're like, well, I got to put this, all this hard work, I got to put it somewhere. Yeah. They've got, um, they've got all that energy that they need to burn to function correctly. Yeah. <laughs> these are people yep. who must do these things <laughs> no, to, so, to continue. So, so anyway, so I, I talk shit about that. And it's funny. I've talked shit about plenty of things over the course of my life. <laughs> few, few of them have ever stuck in my brain, but the long trail fastest time has always stuck in my brain. And it was always just kind of this like foggy idea that seemed possible, but I didn't really understand what you would need to do. But now I've been spending all this time on the long trail and it's like, it's coming into focus. Like I understand what it would actually take to do it. And so I, I think in 2021, I will attempt it. So that would mean the whole 273 miles, the whole kit and caboodle. Yep. And how would that, I mean, we don't have to go into it too much here cause that, that deserves its own episode, but do you envision that as a one, uh, how would I phrase this? Obviously you couldn't run that whole distance without walking or taking breaks or whatever, but would one continuous thing or is there camping involved or how does that work you, you, to get the fastest time? Well, you can't stop, right? Yeah. You, they do. They stop for, they do. You do sleep cause you gotta, you gotta rest a little bit, but you're only sleeping like three to four hours a night, like really minimal. Um, I've been reading all the blogs about the, the guys that have done it. Fortunately, everyone that's done it, does like a really great write up after. So, you know, exactly where they stopped, what problems they had, what challenges they ran into, um, what the pitfalls were, which is, is which is great. So you can study up on it. Um, sure. but there's, there's three, there's three different ways to do it. <clears throat> there's the supported way, which is you'd carry nothing, but like maybe a, a little fanny pack with a first aid kit and some water and people would meet you at various trailheads or road crossings to resupply and do whatever there's self-supported where you can cash things along the way and pick them up for yourselves as you go. And then there's unsupported, which means you carry everything you need with you the entire time, except for water. Cause you, you get water as you go. Sure. Dang. Um, but I, I will attempt to do the unsupported, uh, version. Cause to me, that's the purest way to do it. That seems right. That seems like that would be, yeah. if you're going to do it, because then you get, you know, you know how these things go. You get nitpicked later. People will be like, eh, yeah, but he had a pizza that <laughs> right, <laughs> the right, right, right. so-and-so, so fuck that. You know, <laughs> where if it's, where if it's, uh, where if it's unsupported, right. It's like, it's like, well, yeah, I carried all my food and that's the challenge that you have to carry so much food to begin. Yeah, um, at the beginning you would have so much weight on you. I guess you'd get lighter as you go. Right. Nice. Yeah. So the, some, there was one, one of the guys that did it. He's like, he's like. <laughs> I was day one. He's like, my pack was heavy. He's like, I was trying to eat as much food as I possibly could as fast as possible just to get the pack weight down. (laughs) So like either way you're getting the calories. So like his approach is interesting. And then he was out of food on the last day, but you know, it's, it's all, it's all relative. (laughs) It's very interesting. So very, anyhow, very big challenge. So anyway, we're bring it back to where we are now. We are in, we're recording this on the, the 12th, I believe. Is it the 12th or the 13th? I don't know. I can't get my phone to show me. It's the 13th. I don't even know what day it is. It's Sunday the 13th. <laughs> God damn. Pandemic. It's COVID. Yeah, so Sunday, so Sunday the 13th, right? So we start we started September with a with a new 
running challenge, uh, which was to do in the fir- in four weeks, you would do 20 miles, and then in week two, you do 30 miles, and then in week three, 40 miles, and then in week four, 50 miles, which is a pretty big training, training week for most people. Yeah, um, for sure. And then, and then taper and have a nice long taper and then hit the DIY ultra attempt on October 10th. That was the master plan. The master plan. Yeah. And then as we, as we know, uh, some things got shuffled around. So it sounds like you, Scott, are going to get started this coming week. That's right. I gave myself a little bit of a break period after, uh, kind of having a rough time with the time management aspect of the challenge in October in August. And that's like a topic I wanted to talk about. And I think something that, uh, where, where there's a couple of different, uh, ways of looking at, uh, organizing yourself for a challenge, right? Like, uh, how to plan and finding the right, uh, amount of pushing yourself, but when it's realistic and kind of planning around, uh, what you have. So I, I, two, two things to consider, um, I'm one of those people during this pandemic who does have a physical place. I have to go to, to work, um, which is great. I've had a job the entire time. I'm very thankful, but, uh, the sort of work from home reality that a lot of these, uh, challenges are kind of spinning out of is a little bit different from my reality. And so one of the concepts I talked to, uh, Adam about and kind of posted about at the end of August when I was a little bummed that I wasn't able to kind of like make everything work. <clears throat> for that challenge, one of the things I realized was I wasn't really being realistic with how I was planning out the week with what I really could do in a given day. And I also wasn't like maybe being smart enough about finding the time in the day where it is. Um, and so planning better more in advance and what I call what I like to borrow from the, the, the kitchen world is this concept in uh, cooking and in kitchens called mise en place, which is, roughly translates to things in their place. Um, And that, for me, thinking about these challenges, especially Adam can speak to this with the ultra that he did already and the one he's planning to do, you have to know what you actually can do. What are are the realities of your work week? How many hours can you train? What is the most productive things you can do in those hours? Can you do a 50-hour week and still be at your job? How would that look? What would you do? And kind of like I think I rolled through August just being like, well, I'm going to see how Saturday goes and what I can do, it, it can't be like that. Saturday has to be like carved out for your running time and knowing what, what distance are you going to go? How long is that going to take? How, how long do you need to drive there? Like <laughs> all of these things. So talk a little bit, Adam, about how you have been planning this stuff. out. I know you're working from home. It's a little bit different reality, but how do you carve out your family time and your training time? Like, do you write all of this stuff down? How do you do it? How do you organize yourself? Um, I don't, I write a lot of it down and some of it now is, has been old hat, so to speak, like back in, and we talked about this, right. But like back in January, I was, I was like not feeling super fit and I was like, okay, I'm going to get up and train every day. And so I was like, I would get up at six and I would train and that would look different every day. Like what I was doing for training, but I was like getting up at six and it really, it kind of, it sucked. For like four weeks or six weeks, like I was not, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel fit. I just like, I felt like my workout sucked. Like it wasn't fun. The Adam Sintra man that I knew back in the day was not a morning person. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And you've become something of a morning person, which helps. And so, 
yeah, so I, I adapted. I made the change. So now, very consistently, since January, I've gotten up at 6. Most days, uh, even on the weekend, and I've carved out, say, like 6 to 8.30 is the time where, like, I'll make coffee, I'll drink coffee, I'll train, um, or if it's, like, a rest day, I'll read whatever book I'm reading. Um, but that's the time. Like, okay, I got this block of time. Then come 8.30, it's like, all right, well, let's help getting Edie ready for the day and making sure she's ready to go. And then, like, come – or I start prepping for work or that kind of flexes a little bit. And then I work, you know, uh, regular hours. And then I try – this doesn't always work, and I, I could be better about this. But I try and make sure I take a, a legitimate lunch break. Otherwise, I'm just, like, strapped to the desk up here in the office for – eight or nine hours. Um, so I'll try and take a, a lunch break and that'll maybe like, I'll go eat lunch with the family if they're here or I'll do like a, a really quick little workout. Like I'll get on the rower, I'll go for a run or just go for a walk or take the dog for a walk or something just to like get out of the office and move. Um, which I'm realizing that winter is coming quickly. So I need to take advantage of those things. <laughs> yeah, it but, is. Um, that is, um, that is going to be a factor for you in October too, I think. Yeah, which is hence the the timeline that I couldn't really slack off. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, like the 10th is, or maybe the following weekend, Columbus Day weekend, like that's really the end of the window. I don't have any other time beyond that. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to just be too damn cold. Right, right, right. So, um, so I do that, and then uh, yeah, and then we like we try and have dinner at regular time, and and then you know hang with the family and and do that stuff. We do have some days where like I hang with Edie while Allie's doing some work. So like those are carved out and blocked out every week. Um, and then in terms of the training, to your point, I have all these planned runs. Uh, I know which days I'm planning to, to do them um, between now and October 3rd. And I've, I've checked like, okay, well, this run is 10 miles. Well, that 10 mile run should take me four hours on the long trail. Um, and I know it's going to take me, you know, 45 minutes to get there. So now they're back about five and a half hours and I'll add an extra 30 minutes buffer time for snack time and getting shit out of the car or whatever. Okay. So great. Six hours. I need six hours to do this run. So that means like the last, like this past, uh, Saturday and Thursday, I got up at four 30, made my coffee, got in the car, drove to the trailhead. And so I was on the trail by 6 a.m and then i knocked out the and then i knocked out the run and then i and then i got back but yeah you have to plan like you gotta go backwards like okay well the workout's gonna take this long it's gonna take this amount of time to get there do i need any prep um and then to your mise your mise en place point which the only reason i actually know what that is because i watch top chef (laughs) (laughs) um, i love it um is that I'll have all my my shit ready to go the night before. All my water bottles full, mm-hmm. all my snacks for the run in the in the pack ready to go, a little tote bag by the door, sneakers by the door. So all I have to do in the morning is make my coffee, grab my stuff, and I'm out the door. There's no farting around like, well, where's my sock? I put all my clothes out. Like, it's ready to go. That's excellent. I think that's what I'm talking about. Like, in, in – uh, uh, problem that I had in August, I think, and and to take it even a step further, it's like communication with 
everyone around you. Like this is the, you know, with my wife and everything. I, I think there were times when I was like, ah, I'm going to go do this run today and not re- being like clear enough about like, I'm going to need like half a day if I'm going to do this thing. And I need to like, yeah, right, right. It like coordinated and having that expectation set. So as I go forward with my DIY ultra attempt, I'm going to be better at communicating uh, the things that I need to do and then planning them out in advance. So everyone knows what's happening <laughs> because I think I, I always was trying to kind of do it kind of all by myself without even really planning these things out in advance. And then the time just isn't there sometimes, like, especially with the pandemic, like someone has to be with, we each have a child. Someone has to be with the child at all times. Like that's a logistical, yeah, right, that's right, a logistical right. issue. <laughs> you know that right must be addressed <laughs> got to keep an eye on this kid yeah so uh and and i think that i was not always good at that at all i'd be like okay Ali, i'm gonna go for a bike ride and that would be the end of my sentence and maybe i knew i was planning to ride for five hours <laughs> yeah because but she she's like you know two hours in she's calling me she's like are, are you okay like where are you at and i'm like well yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 80, mi- I'm 80 miles away. Like <laughs> five towns over. Yeah. So I got, I got distracted. Uh, so because it's actually, you know, it's, it's again, it's thanks, thanks to the long trail and like taking the mountains, um, treating the mountains with the respect that they deserve. I tell her, okay, I'm expecting to be at this specific trailhead at this time. This is my planned turnaround point. Um, one fortunate thing is that you can get cell reception at almost all the summits on the long trail. So that's very convenient. Um, so you can be so checked that, on to some extent. Yeah. So I'll text her usually from the turnaround point and I'll say like, I'm on schedule, I'm ahead of schedule or, or in some cases, you know, I'm a little bit behind schedule. Um, and then I let her know when I get back to the car, but that way she knows like, I, so I send her all the info, this trailhead, I think the run is going to take, three hours, four hours, whatever, I should be home by this time. Uh, yesterday was like my crowning achievement in planning because I wasn't always a good planner. <laughs> but but I told I told Allie, I was like, this is my plan. I'm going to be on the trail at six. I should be home between 11 and 1130 because she had some stuff that she needed to do for the day. And I pulled in the driveway at um, 1058. So I was like, I nailed it. <laughs> it's <awesome>. perfect. <laughs> so, um, and the run went really well. Like that was, everything was really good yesterday. It was really good execution. Excellent. Um, yeah. So I think it just comes down to like, it, it, you know, just like anything else, it comes down to practice. Like how much do I need to plan? How much prep do I need? If I go back like a few months, my prep involved, okay, I know I'm going to get up at six and I put my workout clothes out and that was it. Like beyond that, I didn't really have a plan. Um, and now, so like, as things get bigger, I'm just trying to be a little bit more exact in the planning. And I think that's really going to put you in a good, uh, a good place for, you know, just getting, getting the work done is when you, you, you know, in the morning, the stuff's laid out for you, you know, where you're going, you know, what you are setting out to do being really clear about that. I was also trying out a lot of new running spots in August, which didn't, for me, wasn't really that helpful. I got lost on about three or four different runs <laughs> in the month of August. One run was supposed to be a three mile day. I was trying to cram it in before something else I wanted to do later in the day. I got lost and did six and change because I had no idea where I was at one point. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's where they say what's the um, it's the five P's, right? Um, proper <laughs> planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> 
So, yeah. yeah so I'm working, learning. working on that. It is uh, the, a lot of the trails here are not well marked, at least the ones that I've visited. So like the, there's loops within loops. And if you haven't run the trail before and you're not that familiar with it, it can be a little bit difficult. I don't know the long trail being like a point to point. I assume it's pretty clear where you're supposed to go. Is that it, true? It, it, yeah, I would say it's, it's pretty clear. Um, it's blazed the whole way with white blazes on the, on the trees, the entire way. It does get tricky in some sections, some sections of the long trail are like highly trafficked. Like people use it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the long, it is the oldest long distance hiking trail in the United States, which is also pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, but there's parts where like you come out to a summit of a mountain and it's just like open rock. And so it, it's hard. It can be hard to figure out which way to go. Um, which is why I've been doing all this pre-running to pre-run all the sections so that I know if there's anything like super tricky. Um, like I sent you that, you saw that video the other day of like the cliffside. Yeah, so I was like, that, oh, okay. That was, would well, not be something I would want to do while my brain was like functioning like in an anaerobic kind of state, you know? Well, and also like, you don't, you don't want to come to that like for the first time, you know, at mile, at mile, um, that would be like mile 25. You don't want to be like at the halfway point yeah. and just be like, well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a, just a very upsetting thing to come upon. Yeah. So I'm just trying to like, yeah, I'm just trying to pre-run everything. It is fairly well marked. It does it does take some, you know, paying attention for sure. On other trail runs I've done, I, I use uh, like a route planner, like on Strava. I'll plan the route on there and then I, you can just follow it either on your phone or your watch. And it'll tell you like, oh, you missed the turn. Go back this way. Um, yeah, I got to try that. And out. that. I did that for the first DIY ultra. I, I had my, had it on my watch and I just followed it, which was pretty helpful. I'll have you know that I'm sitting in front of my computer here and it says under the Google question, how long does it take to hike the long trail? 19 days. That's what it says. 19 days. 19 days. I, yeah. That's like, uh, there's, I mean, in the hiking world, look in the hiking world, there's people that carry a lot of weight and, I don't believe that they need everybody's opinion is different. It's fine. I don't believe that you need to. They wear heavy hiking boots because the terrain is very technical and they want to support their ankles. Okay. I, I will do it in lightweight running sneakers, um, which you can get away with if you're carrying less weight. And so, yeah, most people are out there carrying like 30 to 50 pounds on their back. That's a lot. So, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, man, they they going slow. <laughs> <laughs> Respect they're to them. Slow. They're enjoying. They're taking time with nature. They're enjoying. Yeah, totally. It's a different themselves. thing, right? Like if yeah. if you're yeah, you're hiking a little bit. You're stopping for a picnic on top of the mountain, or like sure, it's a whole different thing. So yeah. totally. Um, I think most people like a big day for most hikers, just like a regular hiker, a big day is twenty miles. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Which you know, walking walking twenty miles is like. It's fucking far. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's no, you know, there's no joke. So, um, it's just a whole different approach when you're like going to speed hike it or, or run it. It's just a whole different thing. Different so. plan altogether. All right, Adam, we yeah. got, we got to move on to a couple other quick topics. Let's hit it. We're going to do a segment on the next episode because there is a yes. package in the mail to you. We're going to bring back one of our beloved segments, chomp or stomp. <laughs> Chava stomp. Okay. 
I just want you to know that I can't eat it until October 1st. And that was a, that segue actually worked because the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was I, I heard you're experimenting with a diet this month. Is that correct? Yeah, which I will, I will just advise anybody who's trying to do ultra distance anything or endure, not even ultra distance, endurance anything and the whole 30 diet. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out like it's a carb free diet, isn't it? Nearly. It's nearly a carb free yeah. diet. Yeah. You yeah. can eat a shitload of potatoes. <laughs> Guess what carbs give you? <laughs> Fucking it's been energy, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say, like you know, like all this ultra stuff, though, like you you don't need any like big bursts of speed, obviously, because right. you're, you're trying to go for it. So it does work out OK in that. But I am eating constantly. And I'm <laughs> so in that regard, I'm not following the whole 30 protocol extremely rigidly because they would say you should just eat your three meals a day. If I if I did that, I would be like I'd be like down 10 pounds in a shell of a human being. So, yeah, that would just, be not compatible i don't think with yeah so that you're asking your body to be doing right now that's not good and i had no reason i mean i had no reason to really do the whole 30 diet um but my wife and some family members were going to do it so i was like you know it's easier just to everybody be on the same diet at the same time sure um sure how's it going so how's it going for your wife how's it going for you in terms of how do you feel i mean other than when you're doing your big runs on an average day let's say when you're just doing your average day kind of business i actually feel so yeah, I feel pretty good. I think the like day three was the hardest one. I was like really foggy headed and like couldn't concentrate. And then day seven or eight or something like that, like super low energy, just felt crappy. And then now I feel pretty. I feel pretty good. You know, like um, not bad. I feel like when I do the big runs, if I if I wait too long to eat, I know it immediately. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoop, like the lights go out and then I'm like, oh, I need to eat. And then I stop and eat. And then I'm like, yep. Okay. I'm good. I'm back in action and it's totally fine. So it's been a good, it's been a good learning experience. Um, do you, that's for sure. Do you eat before you do your morning workout? Like when you're doing your CrossFit style morning routine, do you, is that fasting or have you eaten something before? No, I've been, yeah. So on that, I've, I've been doing since probably April, I'd say I do all of that. I do all my training fasted. Okay. Um, I, and so I, I'll have like, although it's not, I guess it's not true. I'm not truly fasted because I do have buttered coffee. Okay. So that's <laughs> been some, my, that's been my go-to. Put some butter in there, baby. I put some ghee and some normally, uh, I haven't for the month of September, but normally I do like a scoop of, scoop of ghee, tablespoon of ghee. And then a scoop of uh, collagen peptides. Nice. What kind of what kind of uh, coffee bean are we are we brewing? I'm not super picky. Um, I was doing four. Uh, what's that company? Four Sigmatic for a while, which is a coffee that also has a bunch of adaptogen mushrooms in it. Um, I don't know if I noticed the difference, but with the coffee was good. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. um, I think now, actually, I just finished my bag of coffee was like this big bag of beans from uh, Thrive Market. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I'm like a I'm a dark roast guy. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. same So we have a we have a coffee pot that has a Keurig feature on the side. So it's like you can brew a pot of coffee, but you can also have a just a coffee pot if you're 
in a hurry. Not the best thing for the environment, supposedly. So yeah, but also that coffee, K cup coffees. It's just weird. Ju- it's not good. I'm not. Yeah. So I prefer the pot. <laughs> My wife drinks a lot of coffee throughout the day. Uh, so, you know, sometimes having that pod there when you don't want to brew a whole nother pot is kind of helpful. Uh, but sure. Not okay. the preferred way to make a cup of coffee. Especially I'm a, not I'm a, coffee snobs out there. Sorry. Yeah. They, they're screaming at their, at their, I know they, they actually just turned right the now. podcast off. They were like, <laughs> so F these guys. I've been using a, um, I've been making the pour over coffee cause it, Allie doesn't drink coffee. And so it's just me. So I make a pour over cup in the morning. Um, and I use a, uh, organic cotton coffee sock, I believe it's called. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Which is, which yeah, I know it's gross, right? <laughs> but it's great. It's a reusable, it's just a reusable filter. Yeah. So you just, you know, rinse it out, clean it out and let it dry and then use it again the next day. Sounds very environmentally so, Vermont. I like it. Yeah. So I don't know. Somebody, I was asking somebody about pour over and they were like, this is what you want. And I was like, okay, well, that's great. I'll do that. <laughs> very um, good. and then re. Recently, I bought one of those Aero presses, um, which is which is okay. It's different. Yeah. It's okay. Kind of like an espresso, mm. but not. I, I like a good espresso drink here and there. I do too. That's actually that's one of like the things I miss the most is going to get like a really nice cortado or like a latte or like a really good pour over with by somebody who knows what the heck they're doing <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your one of your wishes for when the pandemic settles down to, to just be able to get a fancy coffee and enjoy the experience. yeah and one actually one day i was up in i was up in burlington in the coffee shop there's this one coffee shop um called onyx tonics and uh they make the business and but they have um curbside pickup so you could call and then they set it outside on a little table for you very nice and so it was, it was a nice treat to pick up a legit cup of coffee it was super good so, so we need to check in about the bike industry how's it going i i are there any bikes left to sell how's the supply chain looking like what's going on i'll just say that it the, the supply chain is catching up um certain outside costs are going up freight etc uh Tens of thousands of bikes from various vendors all arrived into distribution centers last month and they all shipped out. Wow. Like it is just wild. The demand so, is pretty much a hundred percent of what the supply <laughs> can. It's it's still with. higher. Yeah. It, the demand is definitely still higher. It has just been crazy. So, um, we're navigating it. We're figuring it out. Everybody's just kind of figuring it out as we go. So what percentage um, of the industry do you think this is kind of a weird question, but I'm just curious what percentage of the industry is still like the high end stuff. Is, is that gotten more niche because there's such a demand for like commuting type? Uh, and kids? no, not, not yet. Like that'll, that's actually a really good question for next year. Like will some, will some vendors back off of their, high-end stuff to focus on you know more of this price point type stuff thousand dollar stuff or or not yeah i don't i don't know or is the assumption that people that began as a beginner next year i mean this year will they become what percentage of them will become an enthusiast next year sure so there's a number of factors there i mean one of the big limitations is is very simply capacity of manufacturing right like 
you can only make so many bikes or comp- or components, right? Like there's another whole co- thing where the components need to keep pace with the bike manufacturing. So, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I'm really curious to see what happens, uh, to be honest. And, and so. for the foreseeable future, are you still in the kind of work from home mode? Are, are most of the people in your, in special, well, the listener will know Adam works for the bike company specialized, but uh, are most of the people at your level still working from home? Would you say? Yeah, I would say some of the some of the sales team is traveling. Uh, it's a mixed bag, you know. It depends on the market that they're in. The if region, they're region by region, yeah, how, how hot it is. If, probably if they're tra- yeah, right, right. If they're traveling overnight, or if they're just doing day visits, or if they're, and also depends on the retailers. Like some retailers are like, nope, we don't we don't need you in the store. If you don't need to be here, then we don't want you in. So um, I'm curious what it looks like in New York City in terms of like <clears throat> I've always found like when I would be in New York City years ago. Anytime I would see a bike shop, it would always kind of like be a thing where you'd think like, how does that work financially? How do selling bikes, like how, how will that pay the rent in, in New York city? You know, it's like everything's so astronomically expensive there. And you know, that industry, the margins are what they are. I would think in one place, just to sell another. It's, it's all about volume. It's got volume. Turn, 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 turn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, I, I wonder now, though, with with a, the city like that, with that you know, subway, mass transit being like kind of maybe stigmatized for a while. I, I would think those places are are hot, selling selling a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, there's brands, uh, there's brands that have had like unprecedented growth because of cities like New York, um, because people don't want to, you know. I mean, everybody had unprecedented growth, but there's other smaller brands that have had like even larger growth because people are like, nope, I ain't taking a subway. I want to get a bike. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were targeted towards that market and, but they can't, the, then the problem is like they sold through everything. They can't get more, right? Yeah. They can't get it produced. So it's fascinating. Interesting time, but it's, it's, it's definitely a, you know, there are some good things that are going to come out of this crazy time and, uh, people getting, you know, a little more fit and a little more like of that experience of it, riding a bike is fun as hell. You know, it's, it's a uh, good that people are maybe having that come into their life in a roundabout way. Yeah. And, and specialized doing like a, a marketing campaign. I think it's called like learn to ride again, which is super cool. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, like, Hey, you're getting back into riding your bike again. Like here's what you need to know. This will be super fun for sure. Um, and safe. And so that's hopefully all these people uh, adding themselves to the, to the roads have somebody take giving them a couple of tips i know that there you learn as yes me me and adam the the listener may not know both uh spent a period of time in our lives as bike messengers we've also ridden bikes in tons of other ways but when you're a bike messenger in traffic you know congestion like you know all day every day five days a week having an experience like that you kind of come away with some ideas of what is safe and not safe to do uh yes how to keep yourself in one piece uh in all the years i did that i think i only got hit by a vehicle maybe one time (laughs) and that was that's that was entirely my fault that when that happened (laughs) that's where i learned the mantra that i kind of applied to racing from there on out we're like number one protect your body number two protect your equipment Yep. <laughs> beyond, beyond beyond that, anything goes. <laughs> right. You know, like it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um actually, Scott, speaking of bike racing, 
Yes, sir. Last weekend, so not not this weekend. Last weekend was Labor Day weekend, which is historically for the last 20 years has been the weekend of the Green Mountain Stage Race here in Vermont. It would have been 20 years old this year. It would have been 20 years old. Yep. And so, as you might suspect, the stage race was canceled Mm -hmm. due to uh, travel restrictions, etc. But a number of local people, they did uh, the GMSR tribute, and they rode all four stages on each traditional day. Um, and it was super cool to see. That's awesome. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that was road, great. That road race is no joke. That's a nice course, even you know for a even if you were doing it, it is. It's just a, a, fun it's ride. a nice ride. Yeah. yeah, it's just a nice ride to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an excellent so. race. I participated a few times. Adam participated uh, with some significant success on a few occasions. Um, I will say it is the hardest crit I've ever experienced. That that day four criterium and the road race ain't nothing to sniff out either <laughs> no it is not it is nothing to sneeze at which I, when i was actually that's where i was yesterday was at the top of app gap that's where my run started from mm-hmm. and so i was as i was driving up it i was just like yeah this is this is a big climb <laughs> yeah that climb is a pain in the ass my question for you is did you ever participate in the and i think the answer is yes but did you ever participate in one of the years where they did the time trial versus the group ride on day one uh, yes, I've done, I've done both formats. And yeah. what, I, I don't know. I feel like that, that group ride dynamic of that first day was always really interesting as a really weird day one event. Well, it was so short, right? It was only like eight it's miles. such a short thing. And then you think you're going to be able to do better because the, the length of the effort is shorter, but it's just, there's only, it always would just be there's a few guys who can do this faster and that they're gonna win. <laughs> like I, so I, I had one of my worst day. I like my first year when I was racing really well and I felt really good. I'll never forget this because I felt I could do that race as fast as the fastest guys. And so I went with the group at the the start of when it really gets steep and slowly exploded <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and watched everyone ride away. I believe you won the event that I was in that day. And I, but I, there was a moment right as the, the climb intensified where I felt like exactly how much I wasn't able to do it that fast. And then, yeah. So, hey, so let's, let's set this up for the listener though. So what Scott's describing is stage one, which at that time was a mass start hill climb and you would start down the road and this made it even weirder you'd start down the road you'd pull onto the main road it was neutral for four miles you're just like in a group with neutral rolling so you so you're driving you're yeah you're driving along relatively slowly people are jockeying for position Riders are shoulder to shoulder, yellow line to gutter because they can't really pass because the group is all stuck together (laughs) until you make this other turn and cross a bridge. And then the neutral car beats its horn and pulls away. And then officially racing begins with, I think it's like four and a half miles from that point. Yeah, it's Uh, it's kind of a, a light incline for a while and then there's a turn somewhere where there's a restaurant i want to say or something there's a turn and at that turn it gets very serious (laughs) yeah and so and so now you race up route 17 which is appalachian gap which is a mountain pass and so that's the race and the the race is done at the top um 
And I was, I was coached by someone at the time and they said, look, everyone's going to accelerate at the beginning. They're like, that's not the real race. As soon as you go by this corner, which is past Mad River Glen, a ski area, he's like, this is where the race begins. And then you'll know who's in it or out of it. And I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know any better. And so, uh, I followed exactly what he said and, then we were like, you know, 2K from the top and then 1K from the top. And then I was like, oh, I can win this. <laughs> <laughs> and so with, yeah, with, I don't know, not, not far to go, 500 meters or something, I accelerated and I, and I won the stage. And it was the first bicycle race I had ever won. And I realized as I was approaching the finish line, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know like to celebrate. I just like hadn't thought about it. Yeah. And um, so then I got a little confused, but I will say <laughs> that's awesome. that my theory going into that stage, this is in a lower category. This is like cat four racing. Yeah. That was our, our cat four year. Go, going into that stage, my approach was I wanted the bike to be as light and as fast as possible. So I only carried one water bottle. And I put on an 1121 cassette because I didn't want to give myself the option of a lower gear. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, if I can do it in the 21, I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> fast forward Which, to correct. Turns out if you're, if you're just dumb enough, it might work. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. And, th- and so, that was uh, – that was the stage one of that year. And yeah, I think that what, a, what an unusual event. It was later transitioned to a uh, time trial of the same course, I think. Uh, no, I think it, cha- changed it changed route. Yes. Yeah, no, it was a different course. So then the course changed um, to leave from um, Warren, the town of Warren. And you'd start and you'd climb up a hill, a gradual hill, but an uphill for sure. You'd climb up a hill for, I think, two miles or so. And then the, and then it kind of just, the road turns left and then it rolls along the top and it's kind of like falls flat up and, and flat, um, for like another five, five miles and, or six miles or something. And that was it. So it was, but that was individual time trial. Wow. Except the, the caveat was no time trial bikes. You had to use your bike. Cool. I, I always, li- I kind of like that. I like the time trial where you don't get all the bells and whistles. Yeah. So yeah, super cool. Um, very cool. So what do you think about next year? What, what's your, you know, you can't t- tell the future, but do you think we'll get the 20th edition in? Like, by I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Like, th- like they were strong. I mean, the, the race was kind of struggling with participation. Like participation was down as it was because quite frankly, it's pretty expensive to go do a stage race. It's very, um, it's very expensive. And, and, you know, you pretty much, I don't know what percentage of the riders are in local to Vermont, but not a lot. So people are coming no, and they yeah. need to rent a, you know, you, you end up having to rent a cottage for a long weekend. It's a holiday weekend. It, yeah. It's it so, pricey. So it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, I hope it comes back. I would like to, do, I would like to do it again as a, as a local and as a master's athlete, I think it would just be fun to participate. Um, you know, the race holds a, a special place in, in my, uh, in my heart and memory. So it'd be cool to do. Um, but I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know if they'll bring it back. I hope they do. I, hope I mean, I'm, optim- I'm optimistic. I know Gary would like to. I've never. Can make, I don't make personally sense. know anybody involved in putting it on, even though I participated several times. I don't know anybody personally. I'm. It's not my my home state, but uh, I feel like most of the. I don't know. For me, that was like a New England classic. I was like, as far as bike racing in New England goes, that was something that I looked forward to uh, doing, even though it was absolutely the worst possible suited race to my particular abilities. I always did dog shit at it, but I really enjoyed doing it every time anyway, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, and it was like, you know, it was definitely a, a notch in a notch in your belt or a feather in your cap or whatever. If you could win one of the stages, like people would know and they'd be like, Oh, well, so-and-so won the road stage or so-and-so won the crit yeah. or it's a feather. it was a big deal. It's a feather so. in your cap. Yeah. Then, and like I said, the crit there, the final day, one of the hardest uh, races of that format anywhere. And uh, for me, the feather in the cap was just finishing that thing every time (laughs) because it it just did not get cut or dropped was something in and of itself. (laughs) That, yeah, no, that is, that is absolutely true. No, no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah, hopefully hopefully they come back. Uh, And that, that's something I would be fun to do as a master just to, to, to do something like that again. That would be cool. So hopefully they bring it back. I hope so. I'll keep you posted. So, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. how many miles are on tap for this week? Where, where are we at for you? So, I I knocked out. Yep. So, as the first two weeks, um, I'm up to 54 miles. Uh, so that was as of yesterday. I ticked over 54, maybe 54 and a half. So I'm I'm four and a half up on the goal. So that was good. Um, so next week though is a 40 mile week. And what what day are you starting? The where are we counting? Is it Monday to? I start Monday to Sunday. Monday to Sunday. Yeah, just because the way the month because I think the month started the first was on a Monday. Sounds about. Um, right. I think that was why I did that. There was a re- there was a reason where it was like a weird. <laughs> is, is that right? Oh, the first was on a Tuesday. So anyway, yeah. So I'm sorry. It's the first through the seventh, and then the fourteenth. You know. Anyway, whatever. It onward, is. onward, and so on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got a big week so, ahead. It's going to be all on the long trail, or parts of parts of your week on the long trail. No, parts of it will be on the long trail, and then um, because that running up there is like really demanding, um, just in terms of like the physicality of it. I'm going to do some other runs on less demanding terrain, test out a little bit more of the gear and the pack, and make sure I'm you know distributing the weight right, feels comfortable, and all that good stuff. And then um, I'm going to do. I did this run back in july down in middlebury which is called the trail around middlebury um which is a 20 mile loop that is mostly trail but not very demanding trail around the town of middlebury so i'm gonna i'm gonna go do that again as a as a training day um it's a really enjoyable run so it'll be fun this time of year because when i did it it was like fucking 90 degrees I was (laughs) that's the thing about those august runs we were doing too part of (laughs) part of why that was the challenge that it was, was it is, I mean, even in Vermont, it's hot in August in Texas, it's stupid hot. Like I got people telling me I was just, people were like at work, could not figure out what was wrong with me. And they would see me leaving with my running stuff. They'd be like, what are you doing? It's August. Don't do that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, uh, but we're, we're bringing it. So my week will be, I'm, I'm on a delayed start time here. So this will be my week one or 20 mile goal week starting Monday. Um, with long runs on the weekend and uh, trying to squeeze 
uh, runs in during the work week, which like I said, with mise en place and everything, um, my goal is to get up earlier, become more of an atom <laughs> in the morning. I uh, normally don't do anything before work, like other than drink a cup of coffee. That's it. So the goal is to restructure the mornings because that's where the time is. Like when I get home after work, it's, it's, it's time for my son, time for my wife. Like, it's not training time. It's, I don't think that's going to work for me. So when you're looking for where are you going to put those efforts, where, where can they be? They have to come at the time that I've been sleeping. So <laughs> I have to get up and get it. Right, done. right, right. So that's my goal for this whole month of challenge that I'm about to start is to come out of this month able to say I'm working out in the morning now. It's part of my routine. It has to be. So that's, that's my goal. When get we, it yeah when we do this again i'll be talking about my new morning routine that's how this is gonna go <laughs> my my new it's like that what's that band my morning jacket it's gonna yeah. be my morning routine my morning routine <laughs> uh, shit's coming out hot okay and then we are gonna do a, a segment with a snack that i'm mailing to you for the next episode so, we'll so excited i love i love snacks snack. I love snacks in the mail. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay, so we're going to catch up again in a little bit. Adam's going to go run a shit ton of miles. I'm going to run about half that many, and it's going to feel epic. We're going to do this. Yeah. Oh, so hashtag. I got a hashtag for uh, for October. Hold on. And I checked it. It's not in use yet, so it's ours. Okay. Uh, it's in my note. It is for DIY Ultra October. Not very fancy, but hashtag DIY. Ultra. Oh, I like it. DIY Ultra October. I'm yeah. into it. And that'll is be October is spelled out. Yeah, spelled out. Okay. And nobody's nobody's uh got that yet, so it won't have any weird other images associated with it. At least not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and so be sure be sure and follow along and heckle Scott at um at talk show. It's a podcast. Yes. Uh, hashtag <laughs> DIY Ultra October. And um, you can follow along the Vermont version at short handled shovel uh, or hashtag live the joke. Very, very good. There's a lot of good content Adam's been putting up. You can see what workouts he's doing in his garage. One of my favorite games to play uh, with that is uh, when Adam posts his workout, check that out, short handled shovel on Instagram. See what's playing on the TV in the background. He watches some weird shit when he's working out. <laughs> It's kind of a fun yeah. game. You know what's funny is is for a while, I just want you to know, for a while I was just listening to music. And yeah. um, but I'm not a music guy. Like I don't I don't really give a shit. And so um then I was like, then I was watching the world's toughest race, um, <laughs> which was interesting. Like that was fun. And you didn't really need to pay like careful attention, you uh -huh. know. Um and now I'm down this rabbit hole where I've just been watching like well for a while I was watching like old CrossFit competition videos <laughs> and then and then lately because I'm I'm focused Cro on this uh, like how far down the rabbit hole of CrossFit you have to get before you can f find watching a motherfucker workout interesting I don't know <laughs> it's so I not mean, it's so not interesting <laughs> I mean yeah but when you're watching the competitions it's it's a sporting event. No, I get it. I get it. It's, I we used you know. to I used to work in a restaurant when I was in nursing school called 24 Diner. Not really a fan, but anyway, it exists. Uh and it had a big CrossFit uh following for whatever reason. Saturday mornings like were CrossFit. Like tons and tons of CrossFit people in there. And so, in honor of them, you know, fan service, we would put whatever channel had CrossFit games on the TV for them. 
Um, and I just never could, every time I ever looked at the screen when it was on, I just had a perplexed look on my face and would walk away. I just could not figure out what the appeal was, but I get that, (laughs) you know, it's saying you could, and I've been told this many times by many people that watching the tour de France on TV is that for them. They just cannot figure out how watching people ride a bike is interesting. (laughs) Sure. Totally. 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 And I get it. It's an acquired taste. Your participation helps. Develop the cross <laughs> the CrossFit Games. Actually, speaking of the CrossFit Games, kick off in six days. And is how is that going uh, in the pandemic world? Are they are they doing a bubble? Well, they've got is it virtual. How are they going to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a combo. It's a combo. They've got forty men and forty women, I believe, and they are all participating virtually for two days. Okay. Um. So in a, in a in a week next weekend, um, and then. The top five men and top five women will travel to Aromas, California and compete in the finals. Cool. I hope so, so then they'll have a they'll have a bubble, but it's a really small bubble. So from from yeah. a management standpoint, mm. that sounds realistic to me. Sounds doable. I mean, they, I've been watching the NBA playoffs uh, for some reason. I got back into that this year. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting year to watch because they're doing this bubble thing. They're all in the same place in Orlando. It's very weird. The games look weird. They have fake images of people projected on the side, so it looks like there's an audience, but it's virtual. Wait, is that is that the one where you can where you can buy a, a ticket and get your and get your face put in the crowd? I guess so. I haven't looked up how that works, but there are faces of people projected. Yeah, that are actual people, and somehow that. Uh, so some somebody that we somebody that we work with that specialized got season tickets for her dog. So there's her, there's her dog in her, in the crowd. It's just a picture of the dog, which I think is amazing. There's animals, (laughs) there's people in costumes, there's kids. It's very weird. The whole thing is very weird, but, uh, but they, so far, as far as I know, nobody has gotten COVID in their bubble. Like, so the bubble strategy has worked, uh, so far for them. Scott Sullivan, I have a, I have a question for you. True or false. Mm -hmm. I have heard there's, there's a rumor that they are remaking the basketball classic film Space Jam. <laughs> that might be true. I don't know. There, there was a resurgence in attention for that movie because of all. Uh, I uh, this is a theory I have, but there is, and you may know, you may or you may not know this, Adam. But there is a genre of podcasting uh, that is the bad movie podcast. There's literally probably hundreds of these where the different personalities watch a movie, usually a bad movie. And they talk about how bad it is, why it's bad, different aspects of what makes it bad. Um, every one of these podcasts has done an episode about space jam. (laughs) There must be countless episodes by different people talking about space jam. So I just Googled it. It's going to be called space. Yeah. You just and, you cut out during that, so you have to say it again. Oh, it'll be called Space to a New Legacy. Space Jam to and a New Legacy. Yep, and which is weird because I don't know how you have a new legacy, but anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> LeBron James is going to be in it. Damn, LeBron, he's he's crushing. Yeah, it, man. so he's gonna he's gonna take the spot that was you know the original star there, Jordan. Um, Weird. Okay. Apparently, I don't know if this is still true. For the longest time, the original Space Jam website. Oh my God, it is still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. Isn't is 
Yep. If so, if you go to if you go to spacejam.com, it, there it is. <laughs> Copyright 1996 in all its beautiful 1996 glory. Um, oh, and they didn't do anything to it. It is a 1996 web page for real. No, it's a it is a time capsule. Is what it is. That's amazing. Um, I, I suggest the listener. Uh, put Space Jam into your browser right now. Oh my God! Look at this. It's <laughs> a site map. Oh God! Yeah, this is truly just. Strange. Anyway, it's a fun. It's a fun trip down memory lane to remember what the internet was like. Um, oh, stellar souvenirs. Maybe I can get something. Oh, jam posters. <laughs> God, That's what a, I want. I get a jam poster. Jeez. Um, oh, screensavers. I'm going to get, oh yeah, this is what I need in my life. <laughs> Download the screensaver for either Mac or windows 95. <laughs> uh, that, that, could, that could be a problem down the road. I, <laughs> that might, that might break something. Anyhow. Yeah. So they're remaking space jam. Very exciting. I'm not a basketball guy. I did just watch the, um, the last dance. Yeah, uh, the that, documentary. It's pretty good about the Bulls and Jordan was fantastic. It was very, super good, very well made, and like some of the little sub storylines in there were were pretty interesting. And then and just seeing some of that footage from like that was basically the NBA when I was, you know, coming out of high school, uh, going into college. Like they, they, so, like when I still cared about basketball a lot, you know, because I, I, I was my main sport growing up as a kid. Uh, so I, I there was a period where I did know a lot about the NBA and it happens to co- coincide with that period. And then I know nothing after that period. <laughs> like, like that's the period of the well, NBA I, that I know about. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, like I was never a big basketball guy, <clears throat> but I didn't realize in my mind, the Chicago bulls just won championships all the time, but watching the documentary, they really didn't. They lost quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. They had um, some, they had some big years, but uh, they also, they also got whooped a few times. <laughs> yeah. And by the Detroit Pistons, which is like a team I never would have thought of. Yeah. Um, so it was it was fun. I think any sports fan um, of any sport would appreciate just the storytelling uh, that's in, involved in it and the work ethic. And there's a lot of good stories. So definitely check, check it out. out. Check it out, guys. On that check note, I think we're going to have to wrap this one up. Let's wrap it up. We got we got, we're going to be checking in later. We're going to try and do a little more frequent maybe over the next month or so, just to kind of drop some shorter episodes about the training, where it's at, what we're thinking, particularly Adam about to do this big challenge. And I have to pick a course, uh, and commit to something, uh, planning wise for my DIY ultra, which will be the Adams version from last time. It'll not be 50 miles. It'll be the, uh, 50 K. All right. I'm 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 into it. I'm into it. I dig Uh, it. And then, and then you can train and I'll bring you up here to Vermont and we'll run what I'm going to call the four by four. I don't even, I don't know if I even want to (laughs) know. No, you want, you want to know it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hundred K. So 62 miles. And it's going to include all four, 4,000 foot peaks in a row. (laughs) And at least one heart attack. (laughs) No, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the beauty of this ultra running thing is that you're never actually going very fast. (laughs) It's just about the consistency. Keep it moving. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Forward motion. That's like anytime I'm feeling bad, I'm just like, just, just keep going forward. You walk. It's fine. Just keep going forward. Just keep moving. That's That's how we're going to do it. Also, uh, check out the talk show, uh, talkshow.com. Maybe someday in the store button, there'll be a t-shirt that says fuck shirts. I don't know. Could happen. Fuck shirts, son. (laughs) And you got to you got to say the closing line, Adam. It's always yours. 
This podcast has ended. Let us go in peace. Bye. Bye.